The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. All right, welcome back to another Wisco Fanatics Friday. It's just Simon and myself tonight. Jake's feeling a little under the weather, so he's going to get some extra rest. So he's ready for the Wisco Collect event tomorrow morning. And then uh, Simon's going to be also reading Bryant's notes. Uh, Bryant is also spending some time with some family tonight. So just Simon and I, and then Jake and I tomorrow will be at the Wisco Collect event uh, at Memory Lanes in Clintonville near Oshkosh. So we're excited for that. Uh, we have two letters left to reveal for our 5K giveaway that we are doing tomorrow. It needs to be commented during tomorrow's video that Jake and I are doing our live show, a Wisconsin sports what-if question. Uh, that second last letter for that phrase is S. So there's one letter left to reveal if you haven't already figured out what the phrase is uh, based on the first 12 letters. Um, so other than that, uh, to kick the show off, Simon and I, uh, we're going to play a little game. So we're going to play a little game called Guess the QB based on the first seven starts. So this is going to be uh, horrendous. I'm going to guess wrong <laughs> on all it's these. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Fun. So, we're having fun. Yeah. It's going to be fun for me because I know all yeah. the answers, obviously. Uh, I did some of these with, with Jake the other day while uh, him and I were just hanging out, working on some other stuff for the show. And um, I'm going to share the show in some groups here quick so I can see if we can get some people to play along with us. Because um, this is it's going to be fun. And I have a pretty big list. Um, so before we get into this, uh, is there anything, anything just in general that you want to toss out there before we uh, before we jump in here? I mean, uh <laughs> I just think, I don't know. I, I just think things are funny. And I, I feel like if you just talk to our our fan base in general, uh, not, nobody, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like we've been saying this for like weeks now is like, there are going to be games that we're going to lose. And there are going to be games that, are, that can be won. And unfortunately, we've been on the losing end of a few of the games where they were easily winnable or mm -hmm. they were winnable games. And um, I, I feel like in some aspects, I like not that I like losing, but I do love that when things are not looking great, the Packers always try to find a way to make it interesting. Mm -hmm. Like even versus the Lions, I, I felt like going into the second half of that game, like we were getting, you know, stomped in the first, mm -hmm. they got stomped in the first half. But right. there was like a point where I'm like, you know, they could make something of this game before the end of it. Uh, I mean, it didn't turn out right, but, right. you know, even, I mean, we'll talk about it when we played the Broncos you think zero points in the first half and then we take the lead going into the middle of the fourth quarter mm -hmm. and you're like man we could win this game still yep. and i i you know we we said this at the beginning of the year that there are going to be games like this yep and 
I, I feel like upcoming, this is going to be a major test to the Packers going towards the end of the season is can they pull out these close games and make yeah. them make them wins and show improvement? Because that's what we we really want to see, especially for a young team that's not exactly in a Super Bowl window right now. Is like, can they make a stride in the right direction to pull out wins? Yeah. That's the thing is like, I, you know, obviously we don't want to be in situations where, you know, we're losing games and things like that. But I like when we get into situations where Jordan Love has opportunities and the Packers have opportunities to try to have, have those late comebacks. So I agree with you on that. Just being in those positions to get those experiences. Yeah. So, all right. We're going to play this game. Guess the quarterback based on their first seven career starts. Now, the reason we're doing this is to really show and advocate why having some patience is something that is necessary right now. And there's some very shocking names on this list, so I'm excited to see Simon's reactions to some of them. But this is their completion percentages, so their completions, attempts, and then their touchdowns and interceptions. So okay. I'll give you the stats. You're welcome to play along if you want to guess in the comments. And I'm gonna I'm gonna post them to Simon and we'll see what we get. So first name 54.58 completion percentage, 131 completions on 240 attempts, nine touchdowns, and 14 interceptions. <laughs> okay, so to preface this uh before the show, Tyler and I talked. This is basically going back to the, the early 90s is when yep to where we are now. Um, I should have given you a couple lifelines. Like I would tell you, like you can, you can ask me if you, if you don't have a guess, you can ask me AFC, NFC, and then I'll let you guess. I'll let you ask division if you need more hands. Okay. Uh, and then arrows maybe. How, how about, okay. <laughs> you said how, how many touchdowns? Nine and 14? Nine touchdowns and 14 interception in his first seven starts. First seven starts. 54.58 completion percentage. Now, Andrew Luck. So I'll tell you this. You have the right team. Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning. Yeah. <laughs> First seven career starts, nine touchdowns, 14 interceptions. His rookie year, he ended up with like the most interceptions. They had, rookie, I think they I had think. like a three and 13 record or two yeah. and 14 record yep. his first year. He was, they were three and 13. I remember. It was three and 13. Yep. Right, I was close. Uh, all right, next one, 60.69, nice, completion percentage. He was 159 for 262, 13 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. 13 active. touchdowns, 7 interceptions? Yes, active quarterback. Active quarterback, ooh, good one. Daniel Jones. It is not Daniel Jones. Uh, In the right conference, wait. wrong division. Is it Kyler Murray? It's not Kyler Murray. Wrong division. Mm. Active QBs. He played in that division last year. For seven starts. Jimmy G. It's not Jimmy G. <laughs> He's in the AFC now, so it's still an NFC quarterback. Yeah, yeah, he said he played for him last year. He played in the NFC West last year. Still in the NFC, just in a different division. 
Uh, Baker Mayfield. Oh, first seven oh, starts. Oh, good one. Touchdown, seven interceptions. That's a good one. <laughs> oh, bro, you know, I, I have so many more good ones. I, I had a <laughs> I, like watching the game last night. I don't think Baker Mayfield's like great or anything, but he's a gamer, man. Like he he can still make some plays. Like he yep. shed that block from I think Von Miller, and he yep. ran for like a, fourteen yards. I was like, this dude's still he's got a little bit of juice to him. All right. 53.98 completion percentage, 95 completions on 176 attempts, five touchdowns, and seven interceptions with four rushing touchdowns. Man, that sounds more Kyler Murray. <laughs> <laughs> also uh, an active quarterback. Russell Wilson. It is not Russell Wilson. Damn. Is he a starter? Yes. Mac Jones? It's not Mac Jones. Same uh, division. Uh, oh, is it Josh Allen? It is Josh Allen. Yeah, that makes sense. 54%, five touchdowns, seven interceptions in his first seven starts. That was one of the that was one of the QBs that Brian wrote down. That was it? All right. Yeah. We can check in on that one later in the year. Uh, this one, 57.27 completion percentage, 130 completions on 227 attempts, 11 touchdowns, 8 interceptions. Is it active or not? Yep. At least, at least give me that. Yeah, it's active. Yep. Okay. You said 11 and 8? Yep. And two rushing touchdowns. How do those stats sound to you? Wait, can you say it again? Yep. It's 57.27%, 130 completions on 227 attempts, 11 touchdowns, 8 interceptions, and 2 rushing touchdowns. Is that Russell? Nope. Mm. <laughs> You're probably going to be mad at me when I tell you who it is. Probably. Is it Rodgers? It's not Rodgers. <laughs> <laughs> Same team. Oh, really? Is it? Uh, is it? Um, Jesus Christ, Wilson, Zach Wilson. No. Uh, oh, the same team. Uh, you said same team. First seven starts on the same team. Oh, gotcha. Wait, like the Packers? Yep. Is it Favre? It's not Favre. Jordan Love. Those are Jordan Love stats. <laughs> <laughs> Dumb. I thought you meant like outside of what. We're... Okay, gotcha. That was a weird. I bet you were probably going to be mad at me, but all right. This one 54.87% completion percentage, 107 for 195, six touchdowns, three interceptions. Active or no? No. Those touchdowns and interceptions? Six and three. So, two to one touchdown and interception ratio in his first seven starts. Completion percentage is not great, but... Jake Plummer? No, his first name does start with J, though. <laughs> two to one. Uh... And same division, actually. Ooh. 
I was going to say someone else, but. He was an Oakland Raider. Yeah, I was trying to think of Raiders players. I have no idea. That is Jamarcus Russell. Oh, Lord. (laughs) (laughs) All right. 59.43%. 104 for 175. Eight touchdowns and seven interceptions. Uh, You have guessed this person already several times. Russell Wilson. This is Russell Wilson. Uh, next, I gotta save this one for last. Sorry, I gotta save okay. that one for last because that one's the most shaking. So I'm gonna skip that one. I'm gonna okay. go to the next one. Sixty-four point six three percent, one fifty-nine for two forty-six, eight touchdowns, seven interceptions, and seven fumbles. Cam Newton. No, good guess though. Not active. Ooh, not okay. Not active. Yep. He played for four different teams, was traded twice. Two of the four teams he played for were in the same division. Hmm. Two. I have no idea. This one is Brett Favre. Uh, okay. Got it. <clears throat> All right, now the complete yeah, he fumbled seven times. Tough. Seven fumbles, yeah. <laughs> Tough. Um, this next one, the completion percentage is awful, but the ratio is nice. So 47% completion percentage. 83 for 176, but had 10 touchdowns, four interceptions, and five rushing touchdowns. Not active. Not active. The Tim Tebow. Nicely done. Out of boy. That is Tim Tebow. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get one in there. Got a boy. You got one. All right. 58.23 completion percentage. 92 for 158. Five touchdowns, three interceptions, and four rushes in his first seven starts. This player is active. That's not Kyler, is it? It's not. <clears throat> kind of similar play style. Yeah. Uh,. AFC. Yeah. Okay. AFC North. Oh, uh, Lamar. It is Lamar Jackson. Yeah. 58% completion percentage. Five touchdowns, three picks, and four rushing touchdowns. Yeah, Lamar Jackson. <laughs> 65.79 completion percentage. He was 150 for 228 with nine touchdowns and three interceptions in his first seven starts. Not active. Not active. He <clears throat> was last year, but not anymore. Oh. Big Ben? Nope, not Big Ben. This, I would say, is a pretty similar play style to him, too, though. Philip. Not Philip Rivers. Oh, maybe he did play for the same team as Philip Rivers two years ago. Luck? Not Andrew Luck. Damn. Spoiler alert, he's on this list. 
<laughs> I figured he would be. Um, a lot of Colts on this list. I have no idea. Carson Wentz. Ah, Carson Wentz. Good one. First seven starts, he had nine touchdowns and only three picks. Uh, he was going to win MVP that year, too, before he got hurt. <laughs> uh, 55.56% completion percentage. He was 160 for 288. That's a lot of attempts. That is a lot of attempts. Uh, easily the most on this list. Um, eight touchdowns, eight interceptions, three rushing touchdowns, and five fumbles. Man, that sounds like Andrew Luck to me. <laughs> that is Andrew Luck. <laughs> yeah. All right. This next one is going to be really fun. 58.53 completion percentage. 127 for 217. Eight touchdowns and only four picks. Not active? Not active. Hey, can you say that again? 58.53%. 127 for 217. Eight touchdowns and four interceptions. Jake's alone. No, good guess, but no. Uh, AFC team. Not the Colts this time. Carson Palmer. Not Carson Palmer. Um, he's in the AFC East. Oh, you said AFC East. Oh, I didn't. I said AFC, but I'm giving you. Oh, no, you made it. Gotcha. <clears throat> you said not active. Not active. You could probably put him in the same category as your Marcus Russell. Not a name you think of very often. Mark Sanchez. That's a good guess. It is EJ Manuel. Oh, good one. Good one. Eight and four in his first seven. Yeah. All right. <laughs> That's another funny one, too. 60.77%. 127 for 209. 11 touchdowns and eight interceptions to match Jordan Love's first seven career starts. Not active? Not active. He played for three different teams. Two in the AFC, one in the NFC. You said 11, 11 and 4? 11 and 8. Oh, eight. Oh, eight. Um, you said two in the AFC, one in the NFC? Yep, he went AFC, NFC, AFC. I have no idea. The NFC team was the Bears. Josh Freeman. Jay Cutler. Jay Cutler. Ah, good <laughs> one. Um, all right. This one's gonna be fun. Wait, where the fuck did he go after the Bears? In Miami? Oh. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Fifty three point four completion percentage. Okay. One oh two for one ninety one. He had six touchdowns, three picks, and two rushing touchdowns in his first seven starts. Active? Not active. Not active. Uh, Cam Newton. Uh, similar play style. I think he was on the cover of Madden 04, if I'm correct. 
I remember 05. Uh, Vic? Michael Vic. Yeah, he was on the cover of 04. Yeah. 53% completion percentage yeah. in his first seven games with six picks and three touchdowns and two rushing touchdowns, which Jordan Love also has. And people want him benched. Yep. Better stats than Michael Vick. Oh, Michael Vick was overrated. In yeah, my opinion. Yeah. Should have yeah, should have been benched. Yep. Sixty-two point three completion percentage. He was one nineteen for one ninety-one. He had fourteen touchdowns, seven interceptions, and four rushing touchdowns. Holy shit! It's a pretty good start. Similar era to Michael Vick. A little bit, little bit earlier. To be fair, this guy had some great wide receivers. Kurt Warner. It's a good guess, but no. Kurt Warner's first handful of starts were just insane. He had like 25 touchdowns and only like two interceptions. Yeah. I yeah. Him and Patrick Mahomes are in like a league of their own. <laughs> you said not active then. Not active. Uh Steve Young. Another good guess. A little bit a little bit after that. He stayed a little bit longer in the NFL than that. Most of his time was with the Vikings. I was just thinking of the Vikings. Uh, fuck, I forget his name. I don't remember. Yeah, Culpepper. Culpepper. Yeah, Culpepper. It just popped in my head. I said, I don't remember. Culpepper, <laughs> yeah. All right, this next one. This one's kind of eye-opening. 51.72 completion percentage. He was 90 for 174. Four touchdowns and nine interceptions. You have guessed this player before. Recently. Active or no? I'm guessing not. No, not active. I'm guessing not. Uh, so I've guessed it. Very recently. I don't remember my guesses. <laughs> uh, NFC West. Steve Young? That one's Steve Young. Yeah. Yeah. Four touchdowns, nine interceptions. Today's Packer fans would have wanted him benched. Hell yeah. Bench him. Yeah, bench him. All right. Welcome. This one, early 90s. Okay. 50.28 completion percentage. 90 for 179, four touchdowns, 12 interceptions. Is he in the Hall of Fame? Yep. My opinion, one of the most, one of the more overrated quarterbacks to be in the Hall of Fame. Oh, uh, Aikman. Troy Aikman. Attaboy. I just had to give you the overrated comment. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I, I was trying to think eras. Um, yeah. hold on one second. I'm going to look something up. Okay. So I have, let's see, three, I have four left. Oh yeah. Cause I was, I was going to say Warren Moon. Mm, okay. I have four left that I want to throw out there. Uh, just, just some more guys that have some, some stats that just really emphasize that we need to have some patience on guys based on their first seven starts. So former number one pick. 
58.57 completion percentage, 123 for 210. 10 picks, 7 interceptions, and 2 rushing touchdowns. Very similar stats to Jordan Love currently. Almost identical. You said line. former number one? Yep. Active. Currently backing uh, up. But wait, can, you say, can you say it again? Uh, 58.57 percentage, 123 for 210. 10 pick or 10 touchdowns, seven picks, two rushing touchdowns. Oh, um, trying to think of for more number one or overall picks. Currently active, currently a backup, former starter for a lot of years. Oh, I have both, no idea. Teams both teams he's played for are in the NFC South. Oh, uh, is it Winston? Jameis Winston is correct. Yes. Um, and people want Jordan Love meant based on his draft position when a lot of these guys were picked higher than Jordan Love. When I, when I think of their draft, I always get him and Mariota mm-hmm. mixed because they were one and two. Well, I'll just give you Mariota's. Mariota's first seven starts, he had 65% and 13 touchdowns, only six picks. Now he's not bad. And now he's backing up Jalen Hurts. Yeah. I forget he went to the Eagles. Yep. I would have been fine with him backing up Jordan Love, to be honest with yep. you. But... <clears throat> All right. Three left. 57%, 126 for 221, nine touchdowns, five picks, two rushing touchdowns. Rest in peace. Like recently? Uh, kind of recently. The fuck died recently? This was probably five to eight years ago, I think he died. Might have been longer. I, I have no idea. Steve McNair. Ah, good one. All right, Two left. They're both AFC quarterbacks. If you're watching, play along with us, guessing on their first seven starts. 73.74 completion percentage. 146 for 198. 11 touchdowns, three picks. Not active. Not active. He played for two teams, both in the AFC East. This was probably... Mid two thousands, he played for the Jets and the Dolphins. I don't remember if he played for any other teams, but those are the two that I remember. I don't remember that one either. Chad Pennington. Ah, uh, I like Chad Pennington too. All right, this last one. Last one. This is the most. Shocking one, I'll say. Jake, this one, when I did this with Jake the other day, like totally blew his mind. And willing to bet if I gave you 100 guesses, you wouldn't get it. But okay. 44.37 completion percentage. 63 for 142. One touchdown, nine interceptions. Jesus. In his uh... seven starts. Every guess, I'll give you another hint. 
Not active? I'm, I'm Not guessing. Active. There's no way that's active. <laughs> oh, man. Ryan Leaf. It's not Ryan Leaf. It's just Tom Brady. It's not Tom Brady. He's in the AFC, though. <laughs> Is it Big Ben? It's not Big Ben. He does have a Super Bowl, though. Oh, God. Of course. Is it? I'm guessing it's someone good. Uh-huh. This is a fucking Super Bowl. I feel like cheating a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, damn, this is Super Bowl. Set in the AFC. Is it John Elway? It is John Elway. Nicely done. Yeah, because the only <laughs> I think John Elway is overrated as fuck. I agree. I like way overrated. People talk about him as if he's a top ten. He got carried in his yeah. his playoff stats are garbage. Yeah, he got all day this carried. Yeah, TD carried him all the way. Hundred percent. How long did it take Jake to get that? Was that? Did you give Jake hints? Uh, I let Jake guess. Like if if he wanted to know if a guy was like AFC or NFC, I gave him those clues. But nice. uh, but yeah. Um, you did better than Jake. I'm guessing. I'll give you that. Hell yeah! So I'll, I'll let you He's have that little uh, consolation prize. Took us a half an hour. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I have what 20, 30 names written down. But I wanted true. to give time if people are listening or watching to be able to guess along too, or if people that's are going to listen in the future. So that, that's like, that's why I took. That's why I took my time. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. That's that's why you took. Your time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, but like just seriously though, like first seven starts, it just goes to show you need a larger sample size. I mean, yeah. there's some bad quarterbacks on that list that had really good starts. There's some good quarterbacks that had just awful starts. The thing is, we need to have some patience with Jordan Love, is yeah. really what that whole exercise was about. Jordan I feel like a fun little game out of it, and you know, got to watch Simon uh. Struggle. Have a little bit of remembrance of some old quarterbacks, which you know it was fun for me too to to look through this list and you know try to find good quarterbacks with bad starts and bad quarterbacks with good starts because seven games isn't really that big of a sample size. So I, I will say too is like I feel like don't take our patience as we think Jordan Love's going to be it either, right? Because like we don't know either. We don't know what's going to happen or how it can go. All we know is we're strapped in, ready for the ride, and exactly. we're giving him an opportunity to improve or mm-hmm. or not. And that's kind of all I guess we're asking from our fellow fan base is that you right. give him, <clears throat> you know, opportunity. Right, and that thing too is like you think about it, like guys that had similar stats, a guy like Jameis Winston who had Mike Evans on his team when he started. Uh, I mean, look at, I mean, like I said, I, I put Dante Culpepper on this list. He had Randy Moss and Chris Carter with him. Um, Russell Wilson had Doug Baldwin. Marshawn Lynch was on his team. Uh, Josh Allen didn't have a ton of great receivers to start off, so maybe that's not the best example. But, I mean, Peyton Manning had good players on his team. Um Obviously, we, John Elway had some great players on his team. I mean, Tim Tebow had some okay players. Lamar Jackson, Carson Wentz, Andrew Luck had good players on his team. Tim Tebow Andrew had TD, or, uh, Demaryius Thomas and 
Eric Decker and Julius Thomas. Julius Thomas. Like, I mean, Jay Cutler had some of those players too. I mean, Michael Vick, uh, Steve Young, Troy Aikman. I mean, you look at the players <clears throat> that these teams had around them. There was there was some good players. Jordan Love is being put in a situation with a bunch of young players, as he is himself also a young player. So there's going to be growing pains really across the board, and and including that includes the coaching staff. This this need to find one player to blame for everything or one coach to blame for everything, it's got to go. This is a collective effort between coaches and players, and we need to view it that way. Yeah. I think I'm kind of tired of seeing that too. It's like it's one person to blame or mm-hmm. like, I don't know. It, I guess it's just like... Calling the, the scapegoat mentality <laughs> is what I've been calling it. It really is too. Because like <clears throat> even... I don't know. It, it, the, I think the thing that bothered me the most is watching in the first quarter, the Broncos made a decent drive and we mm-hmm. stopped them for three and people were like, fire Joe Barry. I'm like, I mean, I just, they just gave up an eight minute drive for three points and we're already <laughs> like, I just, it's, I don't know. It's just, I mean, they allowed even at halftime. Yeah. Even at halftime, what was it? Six, nothing. Nine. Nine nothing. Sorry. So they allowed then, nine points and ten points. Yeah. In the last two halves, it's like and people are like going off on Joe Barry. I'm like the offense scored zero fucking points. Yeah. And they were the time of possession in the first half was probably pretty gross because I don't remember. I, I don't have it offhand or whatever. But now that I'm thinking about it. Like I don't think we handled the ball that much. And then you're sitting there. You're you're letting. I sent you this picture earlier. I had that argument with that guy. You're letting that. You know. Packers the, had the four offense. possessions in the first Gross. half. For I don't even want to know how much time, but couldn't have been much because they had a yeah. three and out on their first drive. Yeah. They had one first down on their second drive, one first down on their third drive, and then the fourth drive was the missed field goal. Yeah, I mean, it, and it's like we talk about like complimentary football too is like mm-hmm. the offense doesn't help out the defense by going three and out after a right. long drive. Cause then they're tired and then they have to go right back on the field and be tired for another long drive that ends in three points. And now it's six, nothing. That's what happened in Atlanta. Yeah. All right. So that said, there were still some good things that went on. So the first star of the day was AJ Dillon. And me personally, I got to take a little bit of a little bit of humility and admit that I was I was wrong about AJ Dillon. Um, he's gotten better and better over the last three weeks, I will say. Um, after a point where I was saying he might be better served as a number two, uh, he played pretty solid on Sunday. He had 15 carries for 61 yards. It's about four yards a carry, and he was also our leading receiver technically um, because he had 34 yards on his two receptions. One of them went for 29 yards. Um, so two for two on, on targets and reception. So AJ Dillon was our number one star. Uh, Simon has number two, uh, Daniel Whelan. Like, it kind of feels really bad to say, I feel like we only pick punters when we don't necessarily have like a good day for the rest of the team. And, but, uh, Daniel Whelan, uh, 51.7 yard average punt, 41.3 net, he had two inside the 20, and one got returned for 11 yards, and he had one touchback. 
Not a not a bad that day. Touchback too. That one bounced out in the end zone, like yeah. this far away from the yeah. pylon. So that it was, was like a, was a football close length away from bouncing out of the one yard line. Yeah, close. <clears throat> All right, so the number three star, uh, Bryant had that one, but Simon's got Bryant's notes. So, oh, thank Does you. Yeah, that on you. Does he have it on there? Um, hold on. I'm sorry. I have to. I have to sift through his stuff. No, Bryant is also a piece of crap. Oh, okay. All right. Tough. Okay. Who was it? It was Isaiah McDuffie. He was the leading oh. tackler with ten tackles. Yeah, McDuffie. I, I mean, McDuffie's been a. Uh, serviceable like he's not yeah. a detriment he's definitely not a detriment to this defense and I, I like between his rookie year and now you can see that he's made improvements or, i would say even he's, since last year to now he, he even in coverage like he's not he's not half bad yeah i agree like, he's not gonna get burnt every time I, I mean he's not gonna go out and make three picks or whatever but what i'll say is when devondre campbell is healthy and daniel or, uh, and isaiah mcduffie is our third best linebacker playing yep. that's where i feel really good about him yep uh, he's being kind of thrust into this starting linebacker role which it sounds like devondre gamble might play sunday yeah, um questionable having having mcduffie as your third middle linebacker i think is a is a pretty decent spot to be in for sure and then i had our underrated performer this week i went with dontavian wicks um hmm. jake and i broke down the block that he had for aaron jones on a third down play Absolutely pancaked a dude, which was great effort oh, yeah. by Dontavian Wicks. Um, he also had the pass to Aaron Jones, which, if not for intelligent safety play by Justin Simmons, would have been a touchdown. And then he had a 17-yard catch and run. Uh, pretty sure that was on third down, actually, that he had that um, <clears throat> that catch. So really, I mean, when he had opportunities, all, all Dontavian Wicks did was make plays. Yeah. So that's why I went with him for underrated performer. So, uh, Simon, what does Bryant have down for wide receiver development? I also, I want to, you know, I'll hold on one second. Look at my fucking notes. Okay, I'll save it. Okay. Uh, okay. Well, before we got into the three stars or whatever, Bryant wanted to go on a rant. Oh. <laughs> So he wrote like a half a page of notes. <laughs> Is it all cap? Uh, no, but it feels oh. like it, it feels like it should be. That feels like an opportunity uh, missed. <laughs> but he, basically, it it was. I guess I should have kind of put this into our first guessing, like the guess the quarterback thing. Sure. But it basically highlighted four QBs in their first, you know, first year of starting, mm-hmm. and so we got Andrew Luck. Trevor Lawrence, which I was kind of surprised wasn't on the list. Uh, And then Josh Allen. And then you have Jordan Love's pace. So Andrew Luck, 54% completion, 23 touchdowns, 18 interceptions. Trevor Lawrence, 59.6 completion percentage, 12 touchdowns, 17 interceptions, which you can kind of attribute to uh, Urban Meyer being there. And then uh, Josh Allen, 52.8% completion percentage, 10 touchdowns, and 12 interceptions. And Jordan Love is currently on pace for 28 touchdowns and 20 interceptions. And uh, I think we've kind of been echoing this amongst ourselves and what we've said on the show is, like, we understand that Love isn't a rookie, but nothing supplements game time. And I feel like the coaches did their part and – 
along with Aaron Rodgers being his mentor and stuff that um, they've gotten him ready up to this point. Now it's on Jordan Love to kind of make those strides in game. Um, and he also made a comparison to Jameis, or I'm sorry, not Jameis Winston, excuse me, Geno Smith, where his first year, Geno Smith had 12 touchdowns and 21 interceptions and then made a massive improve. Well, massive. He made an improvement to 59.7 completion percentage, 13 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. But you can see the progression that was right. given. And then now he goes on to maybe if the Jets weren't so eager to move on from him, you saw what Geno can do for the Seahawks last year. Uh-huh. And where he had almost 70% completions percentage, 30 touchdowns and 11 interceptions. And like that goes to what back to what you were saying was, you know, have a little patience with the guy yeah. and, you know, let's see what happens in the future. Yeah. Geno Smith and, is a good example. Like it or not, Love's going to be on this team next year. Yep. I, I fully believe that he's, they're going to let him play out this year, look, see what happens next contract. And obviously we have the rest of the year to go to where yep. things can shift, but love's going to be on this team next year, like it or not. And so he really has uh, like two years of evaluation before green Bay has to make a decision yep. one way or another. Yep. Uh, so that was basically Brian's rant. Also. Yep, and I agree. And the it's just a, you can put it in permanent marker. Jordan love. He's not getting benched this year. No, uh, that's just straight up not happening. Yeah, that's just not going to happen. There, what do we? What do the Packers gain from starting Sean Clifford? Literally nothing. Nothing. Um, nothing at all. Uh, the only thing, if that were to happen, the only thing you can say is they're tanking. Yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. But <clears throat> at the end of the day, the Packers front office gains nothing by sitting Jordan Love. They don't get to see him, whether or not he improves, whether or not he's the guy moving forward or what have you. Yep. But yep. it's just, I'm, I'm really tired of seeing Stark Clifford. Like he's, it, I'm not trying to crap on Clifford, but he's a rookie fifth-round pick. Yeah. I, I don't foresee him going in and things automatically getting better or not. Right. I, I think at this point, the only people that are saying start Sean Clifford really just want to tank. Yeah. And I we're I can't I mean I, I feel like I speak for everyone here and we don't want that. I, I don't I don't I don't cheer for losing like us losing. No. I, I definitely like we had this conversation with Mike Spofford last year and I'm sorry if I'm going on a little bit of a rant here. Very good. But I, like the draft is a crapshoot. Yep. Like what do you what do you gain as a as a person? By sitting there and cheering for your team to lose a better draft pick that could also just end up sucking. Who knows? I feel this is what I think. I think it's an opportunity for people to say, I told you so. Yeah. And that's also a thing I hate too. It's like, well, I mean, you... I don't know why you would want to say, I told you so over having your team winning. Yeah. I, I don't want that. And what I've tried to express to people too is that we at, as Wisco fanatics would, would encourage people to um, update or change their opinion based on new evidence. So when things are going well, you can update your opinions. You don't have to cling to your old opinions out of some intellectual stubbornness and then cheer for things to happen 
you know, to the downside of the teams that you cheer for, just so that you can say, I told you so on your old predictions. Yeah. I would way rather respect somebody who said, okay, Jordan Love isn't the guy. He finishes this year with 28 touchdowns and say 18 interceptions. And you say, okay, Jordan Love had a pretty good season. I was wrong. He, you know, he could still be the guy. I respect that way more than being like, oh yeah, well, his 28 touchdowns were just luck. And, you know, it was all because of his wide receivers who made plays for him and Aaron Jones who made plays for him, not actually anything that Jordan Love did and trying to, trying to continually discredit things just to stick to your old opinion. Yep. Um, Joe Barry is another really good example. Packers defense hasn't been bad this year. Joe Barry is not in my top five things that needs to be fixed on this team right now. I could, I, I, yeah, I could probably agree with that. All right, but so that's people, are, that. people get really stuck in their ways too. Yeah, that's like I said, it's intellectual stubbornness. Yeah. All right, uh, moving on to wide receiver development. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, we have a lot of problems with our families. <laughs> we still love you guys. Um, yeah. So uh, this is quote unquote for what Brian said. Rookie wide receivers didn't really get a chance. Didn't throw the ball much until the second half. Uh, but, I mean, hats off to Jaden Reed for that, you know, that touchdown and that concentration because <laughs> Romeo Dobbs should have caught that ball. That yeah, was a very sure. catchable. Also, when I when we get to Jordan Love or whatever, yeah. good throw by Jordan. Yep. Because that, that, yeah, that guy, that sidearm throw to avoid the defender, good stuff. Yeah. That was just uh, kiss pass. Oh yeah, but uh, yeah, good on uh, Jen Reed for having that concentration come up with that uh, uh, tip ball. But uh, Romeo Dobbs, uh, I mean, as bad as that catchable wall was, also good on him for coming back to the first touchdown pass because mm-hmm. that. That was an underthrown. Uh, Jordan had a little bit of pressure in his face, but he underthrew the ball for what should have been an easy touchdown. A little too much touch on it. Uh, yeah, he he floated it a little bit short. Yep. Uh, so, but good on uh, Romeo Dobbs for coming back for that one. And then uh, just uh, Bryant wrote, we need to see more explosive plays out of Watson. Uh, and he wasn't a fan of Toure being the target on the last offensive play of the game. Jordan shouldn't have thrown that ball, but I don't think Toure has shown much at all. And I feel like, I think this is something inherently that we have a issue with wide receivers coming back to the ball and fighting a little bit for it. I'm not saying it was the best throw. I'm not saying it was the best decision, but there is a world where Toure comes back to that ball a little bit and the safety hits him early and catches a pass interference. Yep. Um, I think Jake those are, talked about this and he put, Say if you put Dontavian Wicks in that in that position, that we've seen Dontavian Wicks draw those pass interference penalties. Yeah, I agree. All right, so onto the rookie tight ends. Uh, Luke Musgrave bought in four or five targets. Uh, kudos to him for holding onto the ball while getting leveled by a safety. Um, really hope his ankle is okay. He does still need some work as a blocker, but it does sound like he's going to have a chance to play on Sunday, which is encouraging, um, given the kind of awkward angle that his ankle took when he was getting hit. That's why that defenseless receiver rule is in the NFL. Because his he literally got hurt because he didn't have a chance to 
you know, set his feet to absorb the hit. He basically just turned his head around and then was getting leveled. And I don't necessarily agree with the ejection or the suspension, but I think really what triggered it was like, this isn't the first time that this has happened. Yeah. And you know what? The funny thing too is like, all you have to do is kind of like turn your head to the side and wrap him up. And that stuff gets like, just hit him in the body uh, or yeah. Or hit him in the body. I, I feel like that was, it was inadvertent. Like the dude didn't do it on purpose. Like he didn't go straight for his head. In my opinion, he led with his head. Yeah, I agree. He had his head down and yeah, and hit him in the head and neck area, which caused the foul. Yeah. Um, Tucker Craft is showing good signs as a blocker and looking for his snaps to continue increasing. He has outsnapped Josiah DeGuara for the last two games, which is interesting. Um, I'm really just starting to look for him to run some more routes. He did not run any more or he did not run any routes against denver but the last four games that he's played 10 snaps 13 snaps 23 snaps 32 snaps oh interesting yeah so his snap counts are consistently going up yeah so is it me or is is deguara just like they're really using him as just a fullback. Yeah. I, I also, I just think he doesn't look as good as he did last year. Like all the plays that we talked about last year, where he got out in space, kind of blocked on the outside. Doesn't yeah. it seems like he's like either whiffing on the block, or like he just doesn't get a good enough block off. Well, he had a pretty good block on the the AJ Dillon, the big run that he had. Okay. Um, I will say, I think it's possible they just aren't doing that as much because Aaron Jones isn't healthy. That's true, I, too. I talked about, you know, a lot last year about liking Josiah Deguara as a lead blocker by having him in motion before the play. Yeah. And all of those plays were for Aaron Jones to have him on the edges. They don't they don't really use A.J. Dillon on the edges as much as they do Aaron Jones. So with Aaron Jones not playing as much and using A.J. Dillon up the middle more, there might just not be as many of those plays called it's a fair evaluation. Um, and then for Benny Sims, only four offensive snaps, but one of them was a crucial third down pickup. So we did get oh, that. Yeah. Um, as far as passing game distribution, 10 different players were targeted. Nine different players had uh, um, receptions, I believe. Um, Christian Watson had five targets. Romeo Dobbs had four targets. Luke Musgrave had five targets. Jaden Reed had four targets. Aaron Jones had four targets. So really balanced passing game distribution. So I am still really pleased with that. Um, targets spread around to all of the weapons that you want involved. Uh, 13 first downs passing. Uh, no player had over two. Hmm. Um, Matt LaFour said it. Some reporters asked about more playing time for Dontavian Wicks. I agree that it needs to happen. But the guy that makes plays, who do you take away from? You take away from Christian Watson. Do you take a couple plays here and there away from everyone? Jaden Reed is a fellow rookie. Uh, Dontavian Wicks can line up everywhere, and Green Bay does use him that way. Yep. So, really, anywhere you want to go with him. Um, and this is to Bryant's point on wide receiver development of needing Christian Watson to make some bigger plays. No targets, twenty plus yards downfield. That needs to change, in my opinion. Jordan Love's average depth of target against Denver was 7.0 or 7.2. Um, I will give credit to Romeo Dobbs. He was two, uh, targeted twice against Patrick Sertan, made two receptions, one of them being the touchdown. So good for that. Um, A.J. Dillon was the leader in yards. Credit to him for having 30 yards after the catch. Um, just 
good job by AJ Dillon, I guess. Um, Simon, how did the offensive line look? Um, Zach Tom for president. <laughs> I would vote for him. <laughs> That's basically what it looked like this week. God. And <laughs> that expresses it perfectly. Too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, they, they didn't give up any sacks. Um, the run game looked decent uh, enough. Um, I thought they gave up uh, a few more holes uh, in the line this week uh, than weeks past. Um, but, uh, man, uh, Walker, you know, Jenkins does not look bright this year. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know if he's, like, uh, he he's hurt or like Rashid Walker doesn't look great, and I, I feel like John Runyon got beat like pretty bad this week on a couple uh, pass pro plays. Um, but and then uh, yeah, Jenkins hold at the end of the game just threw the offense's rhythm a little bit for the loop, for a loop and put us out of like bad field goal position made it third and 20 and almost forced us to take a, a chance that we didn't necessarily need to take. Yep. Um, I plan on talking about that in the, yeah. the Jordan love section. Yeah. But uh, Zach, Zach Tom is definitely the bright spot on our offensive line. He, he looks really good this year. Yeah. How does that tie into the running game? Um. Did Brian have the running game? Yes, yeah, he did. Yep. Uh, he said, oh, oh, this is a good segue into what I wanted to talk about anyways. Uh, the running game all around, uh, he had a decent game. Uh, Brian feels like they're babying Aaron Jones a little too much. Um, but on the drive to win the game, you're, he's the wrong year. That's a good job, Brian. <laughs> Telling me that he really <laughs> he wasn't really wanting to be out there. Uh, he feels like the, co- the coaching staff holds holds back players too often. That was a game we had to win if we actually felt like we had a chance of sniffing a wild card. Uh, O-line is not good in run blocking, as I've said on the show pretty much all, all year, and they're continually getting beat with technique. With technique. That was Leeds league's worst run defense against the run. Worst defense against the run, so for us to not have a big game running the ball is frustrating. Um, yeah, I'm. I, I mean, I'm kind of with Bryant a little bit on this one. It, it's frustrating going against defenses that don't have the best run defense, and us not being able to block up front for the running backs. Yeah. So you want to know a six stat since I'm talking about the running game? Both Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon both averaged four yards per contact per attempt or after contact per attempt. Damn. That's so gross to think about. That's how bad our offensive run blocking has been is like both these guys basically have to do things themselves to make stuff happen. Yeah. I suppose thinking about it, like AJ Dillon had a couple plays where he got like, hit or touched in the backfield and then was able to break a couple tackles. Yeah. It's yeah, that's just tough. becoming um, a systematic system. What am I trying to say? Systemic? Sure. 
sure systemic problem with this offense. <laughs> I told you, you I, can't, I can't schematic. We'll go with that. Sure. Um, a problem with this offense. Um, but it's just sad to see. So red zone offense, they had Jake has three possessions. Um, one ended in a field goal. The other two ended in touchdowns. So 67% touchdown percentage, 100% uh, conversion percentage. Jordan Love in the red zone, three for five, 25 yards, two touchdowns, and 10 rushing yards. Uh, that rush, Jake and I broke down, actually, when we talked about it. Um, I mean, really no complaints um, that I really have on the on the red zone offense. Nope. Just didn't get down there much. Yeah, that's fair. Um, looking at third down offense, Packers were 6 of 14, so that was 42.9%. That is above my 40% goal that I set for them for this season. Um, they were also two for two on fourth down. So you can kind of toss in, not necessarily that they were, um, you know, two more third down completions, but the two fourth down completions, the conversions that they had, they kind of knew they were already going for it on fourth down. So on the third downs, they weren't necessarily looking to pick up the first down. They were just looking to make it a shorter fourth down. So in the first half, they actually had seven and seven in the two halves. (sighs) The first first half distances on third down. Seven, seven, two, four, one, one, and then a four that turned into a nine because of a false start. So they converted the two, four, and the two ones. Um, the one four that they didn't convert was the one where Christian Watson and Jaden Reed ended up in the same spot at the same time. Which is a little bit on both of them. They both did some things on that play that need to be cleaned up. Did they hit on that at all? I was I didn't see anything about what went wrong that play because it looked like Jordan kind of put it on the wide receivers. Yeah, and Jake and I kind of agreed on that that Jordan Love was was throwing like a timing thing yep. uh, where it looked like Jaden Reed should have gone maybe a yard or two deeper and then turned around and curled, and Watson should have kept going towards the sideline. Is what it looked like when we rewatched it. Cause it looked like uh, it, it looked like Jordan Love threw with like good anticipation. He recognized mm-hmm. the play because there was nobody in that area. Yep, and that's why I said to Jake was it looked like when Jaden Reed would have been on the curl that the player that was along Jaden Reed would have stayed with him, yep. leaving Christian Watson wide open about a yard short of the sticks with an opportunity to turn and run. Yep. So yeah, I. If you're looking for somebody to blame on that play specifically, I would put it on the two young wide receivers. Um, second half, average distances, or not average distances, distances in general. Four, six, four, seven, two, two, twenty. <coughs> the um the first two, they got to a fourth and one and then converted. The second two turned into a seven because of a penalty. They got to a fourth and two and then converted that. And then obviously the only turnover of the game came on that third and 20. Um, it's, it is what it is. I said this to you guys. I think that interception is more on the penalty than it is on Jordan Love's decision-making because I said this to Jake. I'm like, I feel that Jordan Love got into a position where he's on third and 20 and he kind of felt pressure to go make a big play. 
uh, to get a big chunk. Um, and it's it's just really tough because they were driving pretty well up to that point. We know the offense has done well in second halves of games. It's just the execution has to be there all together. It has to be there all together. It can't just be, you know, this thing's done well today, this thing's done well this game, this thing's done well this game. It needs to all be together, especially for something we're going to say 10,000 times this season, especially for a young team. Yep. All right. What uh, what does Bryant have written down for special teams? Uh, he said overall wasn't that bad. Um, missed. I mean, we knew it was coming eventually. I mean, Anders isn't Andre Anders mm-hmm. isn't isn't going to be perfect all year, right. um, but Bryant wrote the missed kick looms a little large. Can't put too much blame on the rookie kicker as his first missed kick. Um, he said also realized also didn't realize that Daniel Whelan has the second worst net punch average in the league. Not great. Uh, you know I, I don't I don't try to put that much stock into that kind of stuff. Because like situations can can vary uh, with punting. Um, I don't know if you have anything to really say about that, but not really. I agree with him. They know that the missed field goal does loom large because you know you say it's easy to say if if he makes that field goal, they win the game. But again, that just really goes to trying to find blame just to be like, well, if this one thing was different, that we'd win. Um, you could say that about literally every Packers game this year, sans the Lions game. Exactly. Yeah, I think I I think I said that to somebody actually this week that they've lost three games by a collective six points. Yep. Yep. <clears throat> so it it's gonna sound dumb to say it, but it is what it is. Honestly. Yep. Um, we we have said it previously. I know we have that their Packers are gonna play a lot of close games this year. And I don't expect that to change. Yep. Same. All right. Uh, how did the secondary look besides full of injured reserve? Carrington Valentine, rookie seventh round pick against of that receiver. Like he just got, he got smacked all game. It is what it is. I mean, had to roll him out. Jair was out. Stokes wasn't ready to play on defense uh, quite yet. Um, so, I mean, they just picked on him six for seven, 89 yards. Uh, and then Russell, I mean, I, I said this last week, he's been good for us this year. He's yep. been more, more than good. In my opinion, yep. um, this might've been his worst game. And even then three for three for 29 and a touchdown. I mean, he's four, Rudy Ford's been I think underrated for us as well. Yep, he's been he's been having a solid year for a guy that I guess I mean nobody expected much of. He didn't give up anything. When we first and he's brought him good. in, he kind of came in as like a special teams guy. Yeah. And he's been uh I'm not gonna say lights out or anything, but he's been pretty good for us and he's been pretty good in the fucking uh excuse me, in the run game too. Yeah. Um He's a guy that like I would consider bringing him back over Darnell Savage. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, unfortunately, Stokes and Savage went to IR this week. Probably going to see a lot of Owens back there yep. would be oh, my Owens guess. Yep. yep. And then maybe we'll get in a couple Anthony Johnson sightings. He had six snaps on defense this week. 
Anthony Anthony Johnson Jr. I should say. I think we have two Anthony Johnsons now. Oh, all right. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just it was it was just a lot of easy completions that kept the sticks going for them. Yeah. Um, rushing defense, they had twenty five carries for one hundred and forty five yards. Uh, zero touchdowns, which I guess is one good thing. I agree with Jake. He has this written down. There were three players that had over 20-yard runs. Um, Javante Williams had a 21. Jaleel McLaughlin had a 23. And Russell Wilson had a 21-yard run. Those three plays, <coughs> several missed tackles on all three. And Jake looked at it. If you take those three plays out, their yards per carry goes from 5.8 to 3.6. So Jake wrote down, eliminate the big plays, and they will be okay. And I 100% agree. Uh, 22 for 80 without those three big plays. And if the Packers make their tackles on those plays, you're looking at a much, much worse run game than the stat uh, the, the box score suggests. Yep. All right. So on that subject, how was the tackling? Terrible. Yeah. Terrible. Uh, per PFF, tied for the most missed tackles this year. Yeah. In a, in a game. Uh, and it's just like like we've been saying, or I mean, I, I think I've been saying at least, um, that the opportunities are there for guys to make plays. It's not like mm-hmm. they're just out of position or getting destroyed to the fact uh to the point where they're just completely out of the play the, the opportunities to make plays at the line of scrimmage or close to the line of, the line of scrimmage jesus yeah. are there and they're just i mean this was a game where they just didn't make them and that could have been the difference yeah i definitely could have been the difference i agree with you it's uh the other thing i'll throw in there is guys taking bad angles yep um yeah uh what about uh what about defensive line uh, where were they? <laughs> uh, I, I know you kind of said it. Uh, like, I, I like Kenny Clark, but like, I don't think I haven't really outside of, I don't know, I, I guess one or two games. I feel like he was, this was a game where you just didn't see him much. I think, uh, I, I can't, and it's tough because the Packers didn't, Generate a ton of pass rush, which yep. is, is Jake's next thing. Um, only one sack, three tackles for loss, only two quarterback hits. They did have twelve hurries, but yeah, to, to only have the the quarterback hit twice, only one sack is tough. Yeah. Um, and I think that's where maybe the Kenny Clark thing doesn't show up as much. I will say, well, Kenny Clark only had one pressure this game goes, and as far as what I think the potential for the defensive line is. I almost feel the Packers would be better served going back to a 4-3. Uh, I just don't think we have the players for it. Well, it would be something they would have to really like change a lot of things yeah, for. I'd be, I mean, that'd be a transition. It would, be, it would be a big transition. But with, with the issues that this Packers team has had pretty much since they went to the 3-4, it, it's hard to, to look at it and say that's a bad idea. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, uh, and then Devontae Wyatt, uh, went down, but it sounds like he's gonna, he's gonna play this week. Yeah. Um, 
Anything else you want to say on the D line? Otherwise, um, yeah. Just, I mean, the pass rush I mean, wasn't huge. You have Kenny Clark and a bunch of young guys. Yeah. Um, what does Bryant have for red zone defense? Uh, let me flip. Uh, okay. Uh, defense really good in the red zone. Uh, was only one for four. Uh, I assume he means um, converting to touchdowns. Uh, only real issue he has with the defense. This game was giving up the field goal right after we took the lead. Uh, it seems to be happening every week. We finally come back and then we give up points right away. Uh, hard to blame the defense, but that's the one thing I noticed. And the field goal before the half was lazy defense as well. Uh, I, I, I assume by that he means like they just <laughs> gave up an undisplayed. Yeah. Yep. Um, all right. Jake has five of 12 on third and fourth down defense, uh, third and five or shorter. They were, let's see. Uh, four, four, four for 10. And two of them came from holding penalties. So two first downs from holdings. So they were four for seven and then third and six or longer. Denver was one for five. So Hmm. it really, (laughs) it really goes to speak that so much of the Packers defense relies on first and second down. And if they get into those third and six or longer, the Packers defense is actually really fucking good. Which, yeah, you know, shouldn't be shocking to say, but it's it is what it is. Um, Tim, what's up? You should have been here for the the quarterback first career seven starts game. That was fun. Um, Jake's thing. Cortland Sutton had six for seventy six and a touchdown. Three of his catches came on third downs for first downs. Yep. So, and that's again Packers being thin at cornerback which is supposed to be a position of strength but they need guys on the field which leads me and I can use this to tie into the the coaching and the time of possession and it's I'm really tired of hearing the Packers have how many first round picks on defense think of how many of them are injured or coming back from injury I mean, Rashawn Gary is coming back from an ACL injury. He still isn't playing as many snaps as he will be when he's fully recovered. Eric Stokes played four special team snaps this year and is now going back on IR. Jair Alexander has played half of the games this year. Darnell Savage is now going to IR. That's three guys right there, or four guys right there, that are either injured or coming off of injury. So this first-round picks on defense thing, it's... It's just got to go. I mean, it's they have the picks, but they're not all playing. So it's a narrative that just doesn't really hold weight. Um, it's yeah. So I'll say that. As for the offensive woes, um, Matt Lafleur did take one hundred percent of the credit for it. Of of the offensive woes, uh, he did say he credited being aggressive in the second half. Um. For for the offense in the second half, he said they need to be aggressive in all four quarters. And what he said was that this game tests your resolve and that they are currently being tested. And I'll say this goes for the fan base as well. And I would really ask, 
if you are part of this fan base and you believe that we are being tested, which we are, there's really no denying that. Are you proud of how you are representing your fandom? It's it's something that I really feel is important. Um, and it's to me, it suggests that it's abundantly clear that it's been a long time since the Packers have been through a rebuild. And, you know, we kind of thought that it was possible that it would be kind of a mini rebuild this year. But it's 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 turning into a full rebuild. Um, the youth and the injuries between that, there's not there's not a lot of safe jobs. I'll say that. Like, not a lot of people are guaranteed to have their same job next year. Um, most of the offensive line, I'll say, um, outside of Zach Tom, I think right now he's the only person in the offensive line and Elton Jenkins whose jobs are safe for next year. Um, Jordan Love's job is pretty safe, I'll say that. But, I mean, along the wide receivers, any of them could be passed up by the others. Tight ends, they're, they're all rookies. The defense, I mean, there's not a ton of safe jobs on the defense either. Yep. So we're at that position. Now it's been fun because as Packers fans, we've been we've been the bullies of the NFC North for a pretty good chunk of time. But how we've seen other teams react to being bullied, and you notice that when other teams fans get pissed, that it's fun and just easy to make fun of them more. So if if we can <laughs> Once you tell you get under their skin, it just makes it easier to get them more and more riled up, which has been fun because we've been the team that gets to pick on everybody. But now that we are in the other on the other side of the table, if we just keep crying, it's just going to get worse. People are going to they're going to pick on the Packers more the more that people complain about shit, and they're going to be like, "Hey, look at all look at all the Packers fans that are crying about everything all the time." So. <laughs> I really think that we, as fans, we have the power to change our perception and how we represent ourselves because we are six games into this rebuild and Packers fans already have a reputation of being impatient, unknowledgeable crybabies. It's not a representation that I think we should want as Wisconsinites, Wisconsin sports fans, or Packers fans. So that's that's my spiel on that. Matt LaFleur did mention trying to get completions early as to why they were going with short passes, which I'm fine with, but I don't want to completely abandon the deep ball. And if you only care about completion percentage, this should be the game for you. Jordan Love had a 66.7% completion percentage, so everything should be happy and fixed now, right? Yes. Yes. That's the way that works. Stupid. You notice that the four of us, when we've talked about it, we don't give a shit about his completion percentage. Because it doesn't really matter. There are other factors that tie into it, and it's a contextual thing where stats only tell you half the story. Yep. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Jordan Love looked better earlier in the season when his completion percentage was bad. So I get trying to get him in some rhythm, trying to build some confidence by getting him those short completions. But please don't abandon the deep ball early in the game. And I think that ties into what the floor was saying about being aggressive for all four quarters. Yep. Um, I Like I said, I still don't think Joel Berry is our main problem, and he's not going to be fired during this season. Yep. Um, sorry, not sorry. He's not getting fired during the season. His job, like I said with other players, his job is not safe at the end of the season, but he's not getting fired during the season. Agreed. I don't and think then, anyone's getting fired. Yeah. 
I have avoided this subject all week because I know it's going to piss me off. Aaron Jones usage. Oh, God. Wait, Brian had something to say about it. I know how Brian feels about this. He was limited. He's going to be limited because Matt LaFleur himself said that he's still not 100%. So he was limited against Detroit. Fans got pissed. Why are we not giving him the ball 20 times a game, 25 times a game? Why is he only getting 11 touches? LaFleur responds by building an entire game plan around him for Vegas. He suffers a setback. And then Matt LaFleur doesn't have an alternate game plan because he built his game plan around Aaron Jones. And then fans are pissed. Like, what do you want? You're pissed that they don't build the game plan around him. And then you get pissed that he does build the game plan around him and then doesn't have him. I think the thing that I dislike most about our fan base is how they treat players that get injured. Like it's they they take it they take it as if the player themselves themselves are going out of their way to miss games on purpose to screw the fans over. It is mind boggling to me, and I I just don't. This is a violent sport. Injuries are going to happen. Mm-hmm. There's nothing you can do about it, and there's nothing that like I'm telling you outside of maybe Deshaun Watson, if the medical providers at the Green Bay um, facilities say they're good to play and then they give their recommendation to the Green Bay's coaching staff on what they think about their injury, they're going to go off of that. They don't give two shits about what a fan thinks. It just... How are you going to sit there and say this person is soft or this person's a piece of shit or whatever because a player's hurt in a sport that requires hitting grown men hitting other grown men? Yep. I just don't I don't get it. Especially How are you going to get upset about it? I would say this for any sport because when you look at professional yeah. sports like their their body is their livelihood. Yeah. Um but football especially and I've seen people already calling for Jair to be traded because he's not yeah. healthy this year, which is just Lawson. stupid. Like, you, you don't just get to trade players for players who are going to play 17 games. Yep, it, it just doesn't work like that. You can't predict injuries, and you can't just swap everybody out for a player of equal caliber every time they get hurt because you don't want to deal with them being hurt. Yep. I'm also tired of the narrative that people are like, oh, the Packers always have the league's most injuries. Packers are thirteen. Yep. Literally, there are literally twelve other teams that have more people injured than the Packers, and there are several other teams that have the same number of injuries as the Packers. So the Packers are in the middle of the pack in the league for injuries. You know the worst injury year I could think about, and like, what was it? The San Francisco 49ers, like five or six years ago, had like twenty some people on IR, something crazy, or like their best player, all their best players missed like the year. Plus mm-hmm. they had injuries elsewhere. And we don't even come close to that. Yeah. Packers like yeah, we have some injury issues. Yeah. Have been but... this year. Um there's teams like the Texans that have yep. twenty. I think the Bears have eighteen. There's a bunch of teams. You can yeah. literally just look it up and find out how many teams have been listed on the team's injury report. Packers yeah. are in the middle of the pack. Oh, it's and... unfortunate that's, that a lot of them have been to our best players, which, you know, David Bakhtiari, Jair Alexander, and Aaron Jones are three of our highest paid players. Yeah. Which is unfortunate, but you can't predict that. You can't predict a guy needing an emergency appendectomy. 
Yeah. You know, you can't predict a guy hurting his back in practice. There, also, there's nothing can... that a training staff can do to prevent that. <laughs> I was just going to bring up the training staff. Can we stop saying fire these guys? <laughs> like, just... <sighs> there just is... fire, yeah, just fire everybody and trade the whole team. That's why, like, it's... you made that comment the other day, and I and I responded <laughs> to you super sarcastically, and I'm like, well, just move the team. Then we don't have to worry about it. <laughs> Let's go to St. Louis. I like it. Yeah, let's, let's do that. <laughs> Put two teams in Chicago. Fuck it. They're going to be a stadium, we've right? Been on, we've been on some good rants tonight. <laughs> yeah, we have. <laughs> uh, as for time of possession, the Packers actually won the time of possession battle, 31-37 to 28-23. That's the first time since the New Orleans game. Uh, they ran 61 plays. That was their second most, also the New Orleans game. Um, they had more first downs than Denver and only eight fewer total yards than Denver. So, really, you know, it does loom large that they had the missed field goal. And we don't blame Anders Carlson for losing this game because, like we've said, he's a rookie, and this was the first kick that he missed. So, um, what – I don't know if Bryant left you any notes or if you want to say anything about Jordan Love, but how do you how do you feel about Jordan Love going from the Broncos game to the Vikings game? Let me see if Bryant left anything first. Maybe that was maybe that was his development. Because I huh, I've seen people saying that they should bench Jordan Love, but that the front office won't admit that they fucked up, and that they that they're just stubborn. Then that's I've why they won't. That. I've seen Jordan that too. Love. I think that whole rant that Bryant went on with the things was part of his uh, oh, development. Okay. Um, I, I think, man, I, I feel like this was such a hard game to to grade for Jordan love or like kind of see how it was. Cause like you said, the, the game plan started off where it was like easy completions and it, it felt like nothing was going downfield mm-hmm. and due to some execution errors uh, from other players that it will, you can't give Jordan love a fair shake in, in the first half. Um but I, I do feel like, like I don't know. I, I feel like for anything that we talk about, there's some good stuff and there's some bad stuff. Um, I will say that the underthrow on the Dobbs touchdown was, uh, I, like I said, uh, he was he had some pressure in his face. He could have thrown a better ball. Um, but then also that second touchdown, you like you see Jordan Love do things. Mm-hmm where you're like, that was amazingly smart of him or like, that's a veteran savvy move. And you see the shades of elite quarterback play. And then there are some plays where you're just like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, the, yeah. And that, and that, like I said, that, that play where the receivers ran the same route or were stuck in the same area that, that was a good play by Jordan that just ended up not working because other players didn't do their job. There was nobody in that area that would have been an easy completion for a first down and and probably then some. Yeah. Um, and then the last drive, there were some iffy, like the throw to Christian Watson that ended up behind and low to him was one of those where you're just shaking your head where it's like Christian Watson – was wide open. If you threw that with anticipation that, I mean, that's, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't want to say like a 15 yard ish completion at, at the very least. 
Yeah. Uh, maybe Watson turns on the burners and runs it for a little bit more. Um, probably picks up the first down. Yeah, probably picks up the first down. Um, but yeah, and then you uh, said something about it too. Uh, that just that third and twenty play where we got mm-hmm. knocked out of possible field. Like I don't remember when we were talking about it or whatever, but. Uh, oh, uh, I think Jake and I were talking about it last week's show. Like, Carlson's got a leg to him, and it's in mile high. You get that thin air. Yep. Uh, without that, maybe the play call is different. Maybe you give Anders uh, a good shot of, you know, a 50 high 50 yard field goal attempt See, for the win. The, before the penalty, they were at the 44. So that would have been a 61 okay. yard field goal. Okay. And yeah, in mile high, I. Not that, not that While it's. While the announcers were jinxing him on the miss, they said that he was making from sixty plus in warmups. Yeah, like I, I think Matt Lafleur would have given him the opportunity to go for that target. So, but yeah, we got stuck in a bad position where Matt Lafleur felt like they needed to take some chances. He drew up a play for a long ball, and I mean he heaved it up, and unfortunately just came up uh, short and intercepted. And that honestly, uh, Jordan Love lofted it a little bit too much, in my opinion, to give that safety from the other side of the field the opportunity to run over and nab it. I felt like he could have put a little bit more mustard on the ball and threw it a little bit lower to give his receiver a better opportunity yeah. to make a play on it, too. Um, so I'm going to touch on that because I yeah, have go a ahead. thought on it. That, um, that was Jim said, it. let Jordan Love make his mistakes and learn from them. The people that say Ben Jim don't have a clue, 100%. That is. Absolutely, 100% truth. Now, my thought on this was we've seen Jordan Love have some overthrows this year on the deep balls. Um, So I feel this was just my personal feeling. I have nothing to back this up. But if I felt like I was overthrowing a lot of balls, I'd probably be trying to put more touch on some balls going forward. So that's kind of where I felt like Jordan Love this game was putting a lot more touch on the touchdown to Romeo Dobbs, the late pass towards Toure. Now, on the the late intercept, the late interception, they were backed up the penalty right after having that big play to AJ Dillon. So two plays later, he had an incompletion to Christian Watson that you brought up, and then I felt like if I was in that position, that I'd feel like I needed to have a big play. So this is just again my personal feeling. In hindsight, take the check down, live to play another down, get closer to the sticks, and that was his only turnover-worthy play of the game. Yeah, and I agree as Bryant mentioned earlier in the wide receiver development, I would prefer to have either Wicks or Christian Watson running that route than Samari Touré. I, yeah, I, I kind of agree with that too. And then um, Jake shared with us a tweet from Kurt Benkert, who I've seen people using as reasons why they should fire everybody and bench Jordan Love. I actually saw somebody say that Kurt Benkert would play better than Jordan Love. I actually saw that. God. So this was what <clears throat> this is what Kurt Benkert had to say. He said, "I I see a lot of Jordan Love bashing today, and it's unwarranted." He said, "If the receiver fights back through contact on the last play and draws a pass interference, like any veteran receiver would do, the Packers would have a chip shot field goal to win this game." That's what I said with Ontavian Wicks. He said, "Instead, with the youngest roster in the NFL, that doesn't happen. You have to remember Jordan has been groomed for four years by a guy that did those exact same things, the high level parts of the game, consistently with success." 
he also had veteran guys, his guys, all around him that played at an intellectually high level with him, which is fair. He said, what you're seeing this year is a first-time starter with years of experience learning the game and seeing it a certain way, having to play with players that aren't at that level yet. And he's keeping all of his cool while going through all of that. Not to mention he's playing with a scheme with little few answers, with very few answers right now, and is back against the wall for most of the game from play one. <coughs> they could be making it easier for him in Green Bay right now, but haven't. I feel for Jordan because the situation isn't one that many guys would have success in currently. The conservative play calling in the first half has led to a dead last 30-second rank in the NFL. I said, imagine playing every game from behind with the youngest roster in the NFL, knowing it shouldn't be happening that way. That's crazy. It's almost what I wrote. <laughs> and um, uh, so I, in, I wrote this in, in my notes. A, preview. <laughs> yeah, I have it in the preview as well, which we'll talk about because I have some thoughts there. I wrote down Jordan Love is pretty level on knowing that they're not coming through with the offense, having the ball in the ends of games, and he said he believes that it's going to keep happening. I agree. And honestly, it's, you know, obviously you'd prefer to be winning games by double digits, but I like that Jordan Love is going to be in those situations because I've said it before, you don't get battle tested without going through battles. Yep. Agreed. So he had a good completion percentage, like I said, so, you know, everybody should be happy. But he did bring up bringing, um, needing more urgency early in the games for better starts. So that's something I'm really going to be looking for in the Vikings game. Um, you did already touch on the arm angle that he had in the, the pass to Romeo Dobbs that ended up in Jaden Reed's hands. It was a sweet pass. Yep. That was nice. And I saw people saying, well, if he wouldn't have thrown it behind Romeo Dobbs, well, if he would have thrown it over the shoulder, he would have thrown it right into the stomach of a defender. That was a perfect throw for what he had available to him. That was in Romeo Dobbs's catch yes. radius. Yes. That was a catchable ball. I don't care what anyone Absolutely. says. Absolutely. And you can see it on Romeo Dobbs's face after he doesn't catch it. He's got his head buried in the grass because yeah. he felt like he should have made the play. He didn't even realize that Jaden Reed caught the ball and they scored a touchdown. Yep. I would have thought so, it was incomplete or intercepted too. Love, and this is where you, you mentioned that he doesn't you know get a completely fair shake. He got pressured 12 times on 33 dropbacks. That is over a third of the time he dropped back, he was under pressure. That needs to change. Jordan Love needs better protection. So that's my last thing. Is there anything else you want to say on the Packers and Broncos? Uh, no, I think we hit on it. Just disappointing that they couldn't come with a, uh, away with a win. Excuse me. Yeah. All right, so Packers versus Vikings. What are you looking for from the Packers offense? I know we kind of already started touching on some of the stuff, but uh, I'll start with uh, Bryant's stuff. Um, Vikings have a pretty strong defense, but through the air, they are giving up the second highest completion percentage at seventy four point six percent, giving up ten touchdowns while uh, getting five interceptions. The Packers should be able to be effective in the passing game, and I think if we target them in the middle of the field, I think Love has a decent day. I would, I want to see more crossing routes and things that will cause confusion and separation. The play calling seemed to be pedestrian, run more slants and deep routes. Um, you want to go next or read what Jake's got? Uh, Jake, uh, the rest of Jake's stuff, I just have his matchups, his X-Factor, is key, and his score. Oh, okay, so. cool. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Like I said, I, I I was gonna hit on it anyways, but this team isn't necessarily built to come back from 
you know, two, three possession deficits. And what they're doing in the first half just has to be, has to be better. And I've said it like three or four weeks in a row now, because it's becoming a problem where we're not able to move the ball effectively. And the defense is giving up long drives, not saying they're giving up points, not saying that they're bad, but they're giving up long drives where, (coughs) excuse me, um, where the time of possession just is the needles tilted way towards the opponents. That's what happened um, in Vegas. The yeah, exactly. They had were both was a five minute drive and an eight minute drive. Yep. <clears throat> um, so receivers have to find a way to get open against secondary. I, I think Minnesota secondary is playing solid ball, uh, not tremendous, but I, I think they're way better than what I thought they would be. Yeah, they're better than they've looked on paper. Yes. Um, Cameron Bynum is especially, yep. I think, having a, a solid year for yep. the Vikings. He just had a two interception game last week, uh, versus Brock Purdy, who doesn't turn the ball over that much. And that San Francisco offense has been, uh, you know, dominant. Um, you know, they're a little hampered by injuries to star players, but still, a Kyle Shanahan is no offensive slouch. And so he came away. Jordan Hicks is having a solid year too. And Daniel Hunter, I think, leads the league in sacks. Yep. Yep. Um on the plus side, sounds like Aaron Jones get a little healthier. Uh we'll see his usage for the week. I, like you said and we've said is I wouldn't expect a full game load of him getting almost twenty touches. I I'm we're probably looking at the maybe the ten to fifteen range again. Yep. Um but Aaron Jones on those 11 touches, he was, he was effective. Um, uh, you know, he, he still did his part. Uh, Christian Watson managed to avoid major injury last week. Uh, so that was good to hear. He's back out in the practice field. sounds like he's going to play on Sunday as well. Um, so we're kind of getting a little, a full load of guys, uh, at Jordan Love's disposal and yeah, we'll see. So for me, it goes without saying, the offense needs a fast start. Yep. Um, this was actually kind of surprising. Looking at time of possession, so we know the Packers are a better second half team than first half. First half, they are 29th in the NFL in time of possession. I'm surprised we're at 29th. <laughs> I mean, Arizona and Carolina exist, and then so does Chicago. Oh, well, that's true. <laughs> um, so that they got to sustain some drives in the first half. We talked about it a little bit earlier when we talked about recapping the Broncos game that it felt like the time of possession was lopsided. The four possessions they had, they had a three and out, and then two possessions where they only had one first down. So they got a sustained drive in the first half. A little surprising, though, given that they have the number one scoring offense in the second half. They're 22nd in second half time of possession. Oh, interesting. (laughs) So to me, that sounds like they're getting quick scores and chunk plays. So if you don't want to go full send downfield because you don't think that Jordan Love has the accuracy or – you don't feel the receivers are ready for it or the offensive line isn't giving enough protection. If you don't want a full send downfield, medium send is how yeah. I feel. Um, you still got to take some shots here and there. You can't completely abandon the deep ball until the last play. Jake and I talked about that a little bit last week. It's like, I mean, the short passing game is not going to last forever. And it, right. Jordan Love has shown that he's had some deep ball accuracy issues, but I feel like he's been more than um, – What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, more than good enough getting those uh, those middle 
middle of the field out routes for nine, 10 yards. Sure. I feel like the 10 to 15 range, I feel like that's a sweet spot, honestly. Yeah. And you have a lot of guys that I trust uh, inside and outside the numbers. Like we have, we have the Musgrave you can use inside or outside. Same with Watson inside, outside Dobbs inside, outside. We've seen Jaden Reed be really successful outside the hash marks. So you have the guys, they just, it, it's, it's generic to say, but they need to just put it all together. Yep. Agreed. The, the potential of the offense exists still. It just needs to all be executed. Now, first half points per game, the Packers are number 32. They are dead last first half points per game. Kurt Benkert said it in the tweet that I read. It's factual. They average 4.3 points in the first half. <laughs> let's say we bad. let's say we aim as a goal for 10. That would be 20th in the NFL if they can just average 10 points in the first half. Now, the Packers are number one in points in the second half at 17.3. So if you compare 10 first half points with their 17 second half points, that's 27 points per game. If they average 27 points a game, they'd be five and one. I would take that. I would take five and one all fucking day. Yep. The only loss they'd have would be the Lions. Yep. So that's really where I'm at with the offense. Yep. Um, what are you looking for from the Packers defense against the Vikings? Uh, yeah. Um, Jordan Addison, TJ Hawkinson, Kirk Cousins. It's, yeah. I mean, KJ Osborne's a good enough receiver outside of that. Receiver three. Yeah. But, yeah. But uh, yeah, Hawkinson is having a pretty decent year. Jordan Addison looks tremendous as a rookie, and the Vikings are not afraid to throw the ball 40 times a game. True. Um, secondary, uh, Stokes and Savage being out, um, but it sounds like Jair might be playing. Mm-hmm. Practice um, today. Yeah, he practiced today. Uh, we'll see. He, I guess he practiced last week and didn't play, if I'm not mistaken. So True. He was a game pass. Yeah, questionable. Um, Campbell's also uh, maybe looking to come back, so get that duo of Campbell Quay and Quay. Quay's having a good year, man. Yep. Like he, I'm really happy for mm-hmm. him with the way things ended last year for him, mm-hmm. Week 17 versus the Lions. I'm glad he did what he had to do, and now he's taking things better and he's playing better. Yeah. Um, D line, just I mean, they have to show up a little bit at least. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, Vikings offensive line looks fucking good this year. They look good. Um, they're hold on. Uh, <clears throat> I'm hoping that we're able to put a little bit of pressure pressure on Kirk Cousins. Um, get a couple turnovers like the end of last year. Um, Matt Lafleur said that that they need to generate turnovers on yeah. defense. Yeah, that's been – I think we're tied for last in turnovers, I believe. If I know it. Um, but it sounds like Hawkinson's good to go for this week, so hopefully able to get Quay or one of the safeties on him and shut him down a little bit and get, a, uh, get some good coverage over the middle of the field. Um, like I said earlier, it sounds like it's going to be um, Jonathan Owens back there with uh, Rudy Ford. There'll be a new face uh, back there. He kind of made his way from the Texans practice squad over to our 53-man roster, so we'll see what he has in store for us. 
Packers are twenty seventh in takeaways. Twenty seventh. Okay. Um, for me, we need a healthy Jair Alexander. I don't like Pro Football Focus grades, but our top three covered players last week were all linebackers. Yep. Um, and then we need, yeah, which, yeah, I agree. We need to generate a better pass rush than one sack. We've, we've talked about it. The Packers are deep at edge rusher. We need to get a better sack number than one. Yep. Uh, Rashawn Gary, baby all the way. He had six pressures last week on 23 pass rushing attempts, which is like 25%. Yeah. He's he's been he's been so good this year, and he played forty he played forty snaps last week, which was the most of any game this season, obviously. So, like I said, the last couple of weeks, it sounds like they're kind of ramping him up, yeah, to get him going, to get him in that you know seventy eighty percent snap range, like he was the year before. Cool. Uh, before and he then, got hurt, I mean, yeah. Um, and then my last thing is, I believe the run defense is getting better. But they just have to eliminate the big chunk plays by better tackling. Um, they have 52 credited missed tackles in six games. I would say that it's more, but that's almost nine missed tackles per game. And they've had two games where they've only allowed four. So you're looking at 44 misses in the other four games. That's 11 missed tackles a game. Hmm. That number needs to be lower. We would have that elite defense that we believe on paper we're capable of having if they just wrap up and tackle. And I'm a little annoyed by continuing to see people saying, well, it's the coach's job to teach them how to tackle. At some point, you have to put some accountability on the players. These players have been playing football since they were four feet tall. They've been taught how to tackle for the last 15 years of their lives. It's not on LFL coaching to teach them how to tackle. They should know how to tackle. And then the NFL coaching should continue what they've been good at to get to the professional level of football. Professional yeah. football players know how to tackle. I think that's the thing. I, I don't like that either. Is like how much coaches get to blame over over mm-hmm. players. I mean, there has to be some level, like you said, of accountability for players doing their job as well. Especially on a fundamental. Yeah. If it's a scheme thing, that's different. Yep. And people love pointing out the outliers where Preston Smith ends up on Devontae Adams and Bijan Robinson for one play of a game when they've played, what, probably somewhere around 450 snaps this season. Something like that. And we're going to we're gonna bring up three. Yep. As if they hold as much weight as the other 447 plays. Yes. Yes, that sounds something that makes sense. I... Uh... Most uh, snaps on defense is Russell Douglas with 415 this year. Mm. So, probably not far off. No, you were pretty close. All uh, right. Bryant, hold on. Uh, I forgot to read what Bryant wrote. Uh, red zone will be key this game. Packers only give up TDs cool. at 45% clip in the red zone, which is pretty good. That is pretty good. And Minnesota's only scoring at a 47% clip. So, pretty close. Nice. Oh, right. uh, that's going to tie into my heart score prediction and my Simon says that I have. He said, I don't know why he put this, but it is what it is. On offense for us, even though we're talking about the Packers defense, the Vikings give up touchdowns on nearly 65% of the drives. 
almost the same at the same almost the same percentage that we score in the red zone. And he wrote, if we can keep each other, keep each of those numbers around the same and limit their trips to the red zone while increasing ours, he feels like there could be an upset. Hmm. I don't know that I say that either way this game goes is an upset. but Yeah, I don't feel like it would be an upset yeah. either way. Maybe he's referring just to the fact that the Vikings are favored by one and a half. How are they? I didn't, yeah, probably. Um, James, what's up? James, I appreciate your comments on our video earlier. I did see that, and I appreciate it. Um, yeah. Okay. What is your matchup that you're watching? And then if you want to read Bryant's right away, go ahead. Yep. Um, I got the secondary versus the wide receivers. Like I said, they're going to let Kirk throw the ball. Uh, they're, Madison's not a great running back. Yep. I, I feel like... Uh, we're going to be able to bottle them up at least some yep. enough to the point where they're just going to put the ball in Kirk's hands. So the secondary has to keep on the receivers enough for our set, uh, pass rush to generate some pressure mm-hmm. and make Kirk hold on to the ball a little bit. All right. You want to read Bryant's? Oh yeah. Sorry. My bad. Um, God damn it. Bryant <laughs> Matt LaFleur versus Jordan. La- <laughs> Dang it. Is that what you wrote? Mine that's close to mine. Okay. He wrote, is Matt LaFleur going to stop this sudden crap where he doesn't seem to trust Love to throw down the field at all? Love seems to do really well, and we talked about this in the 8 to 15 yard down the field range. Let him throw the ball past the line of scrimmage. We need to find out if he's the future or not. I really wish we could start in the hurry up, but I'm sure we'll roll out. <laughs> The same crap, different week. <laughs> well done, Bryant. Bryant has brought up the hurry up thing. Um, <laughs> back since we had uh, John from Marty Time Brews on yeah. for you the one week that you missed. Oh, um, he said to start in the hurry up. Yeah. And it it just goes with mine. Like my matchup is Matt LaFleur versus himself. Oh, good one. It's mine. Yeah. Um, we need a better start, so we need to be aggressive. That's really my thing. Um, everywhere else you can look at, you know, this player versus this player, this group versus this group. It is a lot of even matchups here, honestly. Yeah, I think so too. Um, which is why, you know, the Vikings are only favored by one and a half and you usually get two and a half for being the home team. So overall it's like a one point spread. So it's a pretty evenly matched game. And I'm pretty sure when we get to the score predictions, we're all going to have a lot of close scores predicted. Yeah. So Jake's matchup is the Packers front seven versus the Vikings offensive line. The Vikings have zero rushing touchdowns in goal-to-go situations, even though they have the third most attempts with 24. Wow. That's a good stat. Yeah, I know. I was reading it as you were reading Bryant's, and I was like, oh, shit. That's a good stat. Um, Good job, Jake. Packers have given up the ninth most goal-to-go rushing touchdowns with five. Yeah, that makes sense. um, Who is your X-Factor? You want to hear something funny before we go to the X Factor? Bryant wrote, I'm sure we'll roll out the same crap different week. Uh, Microsoft Word highlighted the word. I right-clicked on it and said, this this language may be offensive to your reader. (laughs) (laughs) Well well done, Bryant. (laughs) Nicely done. Uh, uh, Jesus, Bryant. Um, X Factor, I'm going to read Bryant's first. Rashawn Gary, time for him to wreck a game. Cousins has only been sacked just over two times a game. 
but the Vikings have had trouble fumbling the ball. I want to see Gary get home and disrupt the game. And then I wrote safeties. I just want to, I think basically, like I said earlier, Owens, a uh, brand new guy on the team, and then also Rudy Ford, which no one kind of expected anything out of much this year. Um, I'm kind of excited to see what we have, and like, there's got to be someone that we can keep next year. And like you said, uh, we wouldn't mind bringing Rudy Ford back. Um, I want to, as part of the secondary. No, no, no. I mean, if Rudy Ford balls out and plays this year and plays well, I'm down to, you know, sign him next year. So I'm, I'm kind of looking for him to continue building okay. on top of that and see if Owens can maybe be one of the guys we bring back next year as well. Yeah, I'm with that. Uh, Reggie said Douglas is going to be the X Factor. That ties Love into it. mine. So I actually have KJ Osborne as my X Factor. Interesting. So I kind of like that. I already know this is going to be the case where if the Packers win, the Vikings are going to be like, oh, you beat us without Justin Jefferson. No big deal. Which didn't matter that you played the 49ers last week and beat him, but whatever. It's the Packers, and I said this in the defensive section, the Packers need Jair Alexander to be healthy. If he's not, then you're going to have Rasul Douglas guarding Jordan Addison, and you're going to have a rookie guarding KJ Osborne because it's not going to be Eric Stokes because he's now on IR. However, if Jair Alexander is healthy and they can have Douglas and Jair guarding Jordan Addison and KJ Osborne, that's going to force Kirk Cousins to try to either force the ball to one of those two or to TJ Hawkinson. And if Devondre Campbell and Quay Walker are both playing, this is a scenario where, in the most optimistic outlook for it, the Packers offense act or the Packers defense could actually hold the Vikings offense to not a lot of options. Yeah. So if the if the Packers are able to lock up the Vikings' current wide receiver two, I think that actually bodes very well for the Packers' defense. I like that. Uh, Jake's is not a player. <laughs> Jake's X factor is a fast start. Uh, he said it's no secret that slow starts have been an issue for the Packers. The Vikings have a knack for allowing teams to hang around. If the Packers can get off to a fast start, they continue their second half dominance and end the three game losing streak. All right, what are your keys to the game? And Bryant's. I'm looking for Bryant's right now. One second. Okay, Bryant did not do keys to the game. Um, I kind of already said mine, but like, and actually we both kind of said it just talking, but we got to find a way to generate pressure on on this on this team because if you just let Kirk Cousins stand back there and I looked it up according to PFF he's had the fifth most time to throw wow. given uh in the league uh, minimum dropbacks of you know uh, starting caliber level guys not just guys that's played one game or whatever sure um so we, we I mean <laughs> We've got to find a way to get to Kirk Cousins and disrupt him. I'm hoping a little bit of home home field advantage in this one. Um, you know, get them. You know, the late starts on offense, uh, not giving it play out on time to players, and sure. then uh, just wreaking havoc on on the edge. Um, that that's mine, Bryant. Um, good job on yours. Um, Jake's is love handles pressure. <laughs> 
Um, Vikings blitz 56 percent of the time. That's the highest rate for any team since two thousand six. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. also along with that, uh, Jordan Love is the worst quarterback rating against pressure this year. I did see that he's like a monster when he's playing out of play action. Yep. He had a good play action game against Denver too. I missed the stat and I wanna I wanna say I saw somewhere where he was nine for nine for that's what I thought it was too. So I will but I I didn't want to say it because I couldn't find it and confirm it. But so unofficially that's what I saw. Um I'm like sixty nine percent sure that that's correct. Yeah. That sounds I'm I'm just gonna see if I can pull it up quick. Five for seven. Um that's good. Yeah, I, I'd I'd love to see a, a Rashawn Gary, just massive, massive game. Yep, here it is. Uh, How'd you find it so fast? I don't know what I looked up then. It was a Zach Cruz tweet. He was nine for uh, nine with ninety yards and two touchdowns off play action. Yeah. Ooh, that's a good one too. If we can get the play action game going. Hmm. Yes, that would be. Hmm. Yeah, that would. Potentially negate some of the pressure. Yeah. Okay. My key, be healthy. It's so important to everything we are hoping this team can do. Yep. We know that Aaron Jones is the engine of the offense. We know that having a healthy Jair is key to the secondary. We know that having Devondre Campbell healthy is important. Like, we we just we just need health. Uh, Luke Musgrave has been a bigger part of the offense than I think some of us thought he was going to be. Uh, And Christian Watson is still our main, I won't say only, but our main downfield threat. So we need all of those guys to be healthy. So that's my key to the game. So score predictions, head and heart. Uh, Go ahead and give me your and Bryant's score predictions from the head. All right. I will start with Bryant. Uh, head 24-17. Um, he also wrote in print or not parentheses. Oh, yeah, parentheses. I don't trust this team to make any changes, so I'm picking against them to try and reverse the curse. Mm. Okay, I also have the Vikings winning 27-23. to I want to say the offense has a little bit better of start, um, but I think this team's in a slump that is it's just incredibly hard to get out of. Um, and I think the Vikings might use a little bit of momentum from the 49ers game, uh, take it in a Lambeau, and uh, just beat us out. So uh, in, in the strictest interest of just giving other perspectives, I'll throw out the other perspective of the Vikings could maybe be overlooking the Packers. In a I scenario where, you know, like, oh, the Packers aren't as good as they've been in the past. They don't have Aaron Rodgers. We should be able to beat them easily and maybe overlook the Packers. Uh, that being said, Jake and I both have the same margin of victory for the Packers. Jake has them at 24-21. I have them at 23-20. Um, what do you and Bryant have from the heart? Uh, okay, this is Bryant's. Uh, Packers 28, Vikings 21. And then I also think it's a possibility that we win this game. Like the rest of our, most of our games this year, I think it's going to be a close one. I have us winning 24, 23 Packers. Ah, very close. Um, Reggie said 13 to 17 Vikings. At least we have the bucks. (laughs) 
<laughs> um, the Bucks do also play on Sunday, so oh, you'll yeah. double dip that day. So two victories Sunday would be sweet. Later, what time do the Bucks yes. play? Yeah, I think okay. they I think they play like six thirty or something. Like nice. That. Um, Jake has twenty eight twenty Packers from the heart. Okay. And then I, like I said, I really think that most of the games the Packers play this year are going to be close. So even though I have the Packers winning in both my head and heart predictions. My prediction from the heart is only a five-point margin of victory, 24-19. And this ties into what I would have had for a Simon Says defensive prediction is that the Vikings score only one touchdown, which is exactly what the Broncos had last week. They had one touchdown and four field goals. That's what I'm looking for again. I... I kind of like that, actually. I like the home field home field advantage, and I'm hope like I said, I hope the cl- crowd comes out loud and they're just fucking ready for it. Uh, yeah, I'll take and, it. And the Packers red zone defense has actually been pretty decent. Pretty good. Yep. Um, does I don't know if Bryant has anything written down for Simon Says or if there's anything you want to throw out there. I I will take one touchdown and four field goals every week. Mm-hmm. Every single week. If you're only allowing 19 points a game, um, I'll pull it up and see. It's actually surprisingly not as good as you think it would be per like points per game average. Mm -hmm. But that's still, in my opinion, enough for an offense to go out there and win. It'd be top 10. Yeah. Atlanta is allowing 19 points a game and they're ninth. Yeah. I would. 19 points a game would be top 10. Every, every, every day of the week. Yep. Okay. Flores said it too. If. If you're allowing 17 or 19 points a game, it's winnable. You should win football games. Yep. Um, for offense, the only one that I had written down was Packers have their first 400 yard game. Mm. Minnesota's, they're not bad defense yeah. as far as yards go, but they're, they're a little soft. They're kind of a bend, don't break yeah. defense as well. <clears throat> Uh, for a bold prediction, sure. I, I think it's not without the realm of possibility. I think they're allowing something. I want to say like three thirty a game. Total. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. All right. Um. Yeah, you want to go? That, those were mine. Jake didn't give oh. me any, and I don't know if did Brian okay. have any that he had. Yeah, he did. Okay. He had like uh, eleven of them. I'm guessing. No, he only had two. <laughs> um, I like this one. Matt Lafleur stops being a clown and let's let's love throw the ball early. Jordan Lowe goes for three hundred and three touchdowns. I mean, sometime he's gonna have to. They're, they're gonna, gonna cut him loose to, at yeah. some point. Yeah, they got they have to. Uh, sure, uh, I'll take it. That would that would tie in with really mine perfectly. Um, sure. Yeah, why not then? Uh, defensively, he said Rashawn gets a strip sack and a fumble recovery <clears throat> to seal the game. And oh. I don't know about seal the game, but yeah, I'm 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 in it for the first three. I mean Rashawn's gonna get his at some point. He this would be a Brian tough game. Got him to winning by a touchdown, didn't he? So say the yeah. say the Vikings are trying to get a comeback and they're trying to throw like a Hail Mary or something like that. Yeah. Rashawn ends the game on a strip sack. For his uh for his heart prediction he had us winning by a TD. Yeah. Uh, and then I had one. You can just tell right. me what you think or not. Where did I? I wrote it down. Uh, Kirk Cousins has more turnovers than touchdowns. I feel like, okay, so in an ideal world of a bold prediction, I would say yeah, because I could see him having like a touchdown and a fumble. 
or a, a touchdown, a fumble, an interception, and a fumble. But if I'm being strictly analytical, I would say I could see it being even. Yeah, and having like two and two. Um, kind of like I think the Chargers game. I think he had two touchdowns and two picks. I think so. Um, sounds right. Maybe, but maybe. Um, yeah, I could see it. I could see it, and obviously it would be beneficial. Um, I don't know that I'd go so far to predict it, but yeah, I could see it. And like I said, if the Packers only allow one touchdown and they're able to get an interception and a fumble, I'm in. Yeah, for sure. All right. Anything else you want to throw out there? Be better. Yes. To the fans and the team. Yeah. I wasn't aiming at the fans or anything. (laughs) I was, because that's how I was thinking about it is just (laughs) as we end here, we just keep... Keep be conscious patient. of how we're representing ourselves as fans. Be patient. Yes, be patient. All right. I, I, okay. you so I, I will say one thing too is like be patient because at the end of the day, you don't have control over any of this. Yeah. You're you're literally there to cheer a team on and drink beer. <laughs> like, don't take it so serious that you're I don't know like hating players or wishing injury. Not that I've seen that, but like or like I don't know this person needs to be fired or talking shit to Christian Watson's mom on Twitter. Yeah. That like, just enjoy the games, like have a little fun with it. That's what they're, that's what it's, it's it's entertainment is what it is. All right. Well, hopefully we have all four guys back next week. Uh, If you're not busy tomorrow, come check out the Wisco collect event at memory lanes in Clintonville. Jake and I will be there. We're excited to be there. Uh, Come and visit if you're in the area. Other than that, Simon, I'll see you next week. Bye.